Hi, my name is Esther Avant, and I'm a personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and business owner. I am so excited to share with Pearl today. Hey, everybody, it's Pearl again with another episode of Conversations with Pearl, and I am the owner of Women Successful Living, and you guys know I'm all about self-care and what we can do to empower you to put yourself first and take a little time for yourself. So grab a cup of tea, get your pad of paper out, because you know during this show, we always drop really great gems. So we're excited today to have our special guest coming all the way from Germany before she gets ready to move back to the States. We have Esther Events. She is a health industry veteran with over 17 years of experience in the fitness, nutrition, and wellness-related roles. She's a certified sports nutritionist, personal trainer, wellness coach, and owner of EA Coaching which has provided holistic health and lifestyle coaching since 2015. That's so amazing. Her mission is to help women live their happiest, healthiest, and most confident lives and to change the fact that the majority of women are so preoccupied with their weight and bodies that they never fully pursue their passions. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about that. She knows that if more women prioritize their health, they'd be able to unleash the confidence and focus they all need to leave their mark on the world. So Esther is a boy mom, me too, and a Navy wife who has lived and traveled all over the world while running her EA coaching. Oh my gosh, we are going to have some powerful conversations today, you guys. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to the journey. Like, tell us a little bit what's brought you. Thank you so much for being a, a wife of somebody who's in the service. And I appreciate your service. I'm a Marine Corps brat, have four generations in my family as well. So I know there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with that. And so tell us um, along your journey, what brought you to be the coach you are today and come into the industry, which, you know, there's, there's many people in this industry and there's so many choices for women to choose from. And, um, you know, having, I love what you said about the mindset and really, you know, embracing that we deserve this healthier lifestyle. So tell us what your journey was like that brought, that led you to want to coach women and empower them. Yeah. So it's been quite a journey. I picked my major, which was exercise science when I was in high school and had really just discovered the gym myself and was like, well, I like to work out. Why don't I do something so I can get paid to do that? Little did I know that I was going to basically be in a pre-med track and have very little time to exercise. And then I would get a job as a personal trainer and just be watching people exercise. So it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But in the course of getting my degree, I realized there really wasn't anything else that I wanted to do with the same passion that I wanted to do this. And my career has just evolved with every with every job that I've had. I first started personal training in college and then right out of college and quickly realized that I needed a stronger nutrition component. That, you know, working with somebody two 30-minute sessions a week and then mostly hearing about their frustrations that they're not losing weight and realizing we're just addressing this tiny fragment of the, you know, the bigger picture here. So that's when I started pursuing nutrition certifications and internships. And once I kind of had those two pieces, I was in my mid 20s and had kind of picked up and and moved my life to San Diego on a whim and was struggling with my own eating behavior. I was working out consistently. I knew all the things about nutrition and I just was struggling to apply them. And I did all of like the textbook fads and quick fixes and desperation attempts like the master cleanse and you know those detoxes you can get at CVS and just all this BS. And it was that 
sort of personal struggle that led me to realize the importance of psychology and behavior modification and kind of the the mindset component of, okay, you can have all of this textbook knowledge, but if you're A, not able to apply it to yourself and B, not able to help other people apply it to themselves, then what good is it? So that's where kind of the third piece of my skill set came from was really wanting to understand my own behavior. Why do I know what to do when I'm not doing it? And how do I find a place to balance where I'm not restricting all week only to go off the deep end every weekend, which I, which is a cycle I was stuck in for years. And as I started to make headway myself, and now I'd, I'd say I've, I've found a really good place of balance over the last close to 10 years. And as I've gotten older, I realized how rare that is, especially when you start throwing kids into the mix and then being kind of that squeeze generation where you're also caring for aging parents. And that it's really, you know, my my duty to help other women find this same balance and happiness. And kind of the final piece of what where kind of the, the direction my business has gone involves losing my mom to cancer when I was in my early to mid 20s. So right around when I moved to San Diego and she had struggled with her weight and she had done a really amazing job sort of shielding me from that struggle. I never picked up on any of her body image issues or came, you know, developed my own. But I know that it was hard for her. And I know that she would have really loved to make lasting changes, not just for the weight piece, but for her overall health and how she felt about herself. And, you know, everything about health is so interconnected that part of me wonders if she had had someone like me, the the professional me, in her life to help her make these changes from a place of compassion and understanding and seeing her as a whole human being. Could that have made a difference in you know her diagnosis and, and things like that? So what I'm really most passionate about is helping women that remind me of my mom, who are such good women who are doing great things in the world and are incredible mothers and wives and just have have so much value and kindness and love to share with the world, but are hiding themselves or playing small, not putting themselves out there because of how they look and feel. And I think, you know, like you mentioned in the introduction, if we weren't so preoccupied with our weight and bodies and food and nutrition, if, if that wasn't constantly the soundtrack playing in our heads, imagine what else we could use that energy for. And I just, you know, moms as a as a population are so powerful. When we band together, we really can, we can change laws, we can create movements. And I just think it's, we're just doing ourselves such a disservice by letting this preoccupy us. So I think taking a health first focus is so powerful that once you prioritize yourself, see that you're worthy of being a priority in your life, seeing that you have control over the choices that you make and the results that you get, that then spills over into everything else. Your family and your friends and your job get a better version of you. And you start thinking, you know what, there's nothing that I can't accomplish. And, you know, where do I want to set my sights now? Oh my God, we are going to have so fun over the next hour, you guys, because those of you who listen to this show often, she described a lot about what we talk here on the show, especially about being a Shiro of your life. And so I'm so excited to have this conversation. And, and you know, Esther, you're right, because that that narrative, like you're saying, we as women, as moms, we can change the world. My kids are uh, 23 and forever 25. And so, you know, we can do so many things, but when it comes to us ourselves, Sometimes we forget that we we have that power and we don't use the power for ourselves. And so I love that you that you brought that to our attention. And then you're right, like your mom. I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. And you know, I I agree with you. It's like 
if we had different talk and different opportunities that we have today back then when so many of our relatives, our moms, you know, had, had these, you know, had these diseases and things come up, like eating, like changing the way you eat for the listeners, it can be so powerful on your health. And you can reverse so many things. I mean, neither one of us are doctors here, but from our experience, we've seen it happen. And doctors will tell you they've seen it happen as well. Like changing, you know, your processed food, changing the sugars you have in your food, like making healthier choices. Like, um, you know, I lost over 60 pounds a few years back and my, my son passed away last July, Esther. And I found myself creeping back into those habits of those comfort habits that I was having when I would have those mental thoughts in my head. And I was like, no, I got to get that file cabinet in the front that's telling me all these things and close it again. I don't know why I open it. And I really got back on to the things that I knew to do, get rid of the things that I was eating, replace it with things that are healthier. You know, I, so uh, since December, like mid-December, I've dropped like 25 pounds. I'm so excited about that. It feels so much better, but I had to also realize, you know, those things are going to happen. So what is the tools in the toolbox I can do that instead of going to the cabinet or the pantry or the refrigerator for something, where can I go to? Maybe I can call a friend. Maybe I can go for a walk. Maybe I can journal. Maybe I can meditate. You know, all those things that we forget sometimes and to the listeners, you forget sometimes to fall back on and, and be like, oh, I have this. I don't need to listen to this narrative. And one of my favorite things right now, I have such, we were talking about this at my network meeting this morning. I have such a cued response every evening that I want something chocolate. And I don't know what it is. It just has never, ever gone away in my life. So I actually found, um, I think this is one of those TikTok made me do it things where I took a healthy, um, kind of like a Cool Whip. It doesn't have any of the sugar in it or anything like that, but it tastes like Cool Whip. And I actually take my really good, clean chocolate protein powder and I put that in there and I mix that up. So every night I allow myself one tablespoon of it just to kind of like, Okay, I got the sweet tooth. So you're right. And so it's like changing the narrative, taking care of ourselves. You know, we're so powerful and can do like she like as I was sharing, change the world, but we forget to change the world for us. So I love that you touched on that. That's so I love that. And so you're you're in you're in Germany. So tell us, Esther, what brought you to Germany? And you know, as as a business owner and a coach myself, you know. Everything has changed in the world now and how we can work a business. We no longer have to see people face to face. So tell us like what changes you have to make in your life personally when it came to your health and wellness and when you went to Germany and how have you seen a shift over the past few years with what you do in your business? That's a great question. The biggest takeaway that I've had both personally and professionally is the importance of adaptability. I am someone who I pride myself in my consistency and I consider consistency to be one of the, the three C's of success. It's very, very important to show up and do the things. I'm someone who in the past has been prone to being very um, methodical or routine or just kind of like robotic perhaps <laughs> with just doing the same things, the same time, even the same things. And you know, being kind of rigid in how I get things done. And what I found is that although I think that can serve some people sometimes with my lifestyle, both being a business owner, being a mom, being a military spouse, the consistency is very important, but just as important is the flexibility and the adaptability in, I'm not going to be able to control all the aspects of my life. 
I need to be able to flex as needed and not get bent out of shape if something can't happen exactly the way I had planned or envisioned. I think a lot of people can relate to this sort of mentality. Oh, I'm a, I'm a morning exerciser. If it doesn't happen first thing, it's not going to happen. I told myself that for years. And when I couldn't get my workouts in in the morning, that was great. But on the occasions where something prevented me, I wouldn't even entertain doing it at a different time. That opportunity was just gone. And as I've gotten older and started a business and had you know more responsibilities on my plate, I realized that that belief was holding me back. That sure, it's my preference to do it in the morning. And also, it's important enough to me that I will figure out a way to get it done, period. Even if that is at night after my son goes to bed, when it's the last time that I actually want to be doing something, I'm committed enough to my goals and to myself and to my values and my commitments that I will do it anyway. And I think that's that was really made apparent in this international move where we moved mid-pandemic and with the time difference when I had been meeting with clients in the evening in the US, it was like 2 a.m. in Germany. And the first couple months here, I was waking up at 2 a.m. to do calls. And I quickly realized that that wasn't sustainable. And I you know, had to make some major business decisions in you know, what that meant. And was I going to really limit my schedule? Was I going to bring on other coaches to work with clients? A lot of the decisions that I've made have sort of been because I felt like my back was against a wall and I just had to, I knew something had to change. I didn't know what the answer was, but I knew what it wasn't. And I had to be willing to just experiment and see. And the same thing kind of personally, I was really anxious about how much was going to be different about my life. Would I be able to get my favorite foods or things like that? And just realized you're going to go through a transition where it feels different. And maybe you're, this is a little dramatic, but maybe you're kind of mourning the previous chapter of your life. That's okay. And also trust that this chapter is going to work out. You're going to figure out what you need to. You're going to find, you know, your people, your foods, your calling, whatever it is. And, and I have, and now as we're gearing up to move back, I'm noticing the feelings starting to come up now of, oh, but I like my life now. I like my routines. I like the way I'm doing things. And now it's going to be so disrupted and I'm going to have to figure everything out again. But the difference now is that I have more experience under my belt and I can remind myself, you've been through this before. You have figured it out before and you can do it again. I love what you said. I wrote down adaptability and flex as needed, because I think sometimes we forget that. Like you get a perfect example. You know, you were used to work running and working out in the morning and then now it's like it's so different. And, you know, we, we have to give ourselves grace that when those things happen, it's okay. And then just figure out how we can put it in, you know, what is your cue to put it in someplace different, you know, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, we're working out. Like I love coaching on this. She was like, yeah, maybe your goal is you want to work out and you say you want to do it in the morning. So what is the plan that when you can't do in the morning, when are you, what's your other time of the day you're going to do it? That, that way you give yourself the grace to say, Okay, I didn't do it at 9 a.m., but I'm gonna do it my other my other time is 2 p.m. or 5 p.m., whatever that is for you. And so when you you have those options, sticking to those is important. Like what are your what are your you know cues to get started? So for me, like every Monday morning, I love to start off my week with what I call my focus time. So I my cue is get out of bed, take the dogs for the walk, come back in, make my protein shake, come upstairs and sit at my desk here and do my work. But so what are those tiny habits to create for yourself when you have to be adaptable? 
And um, and I like that you recognize too, like, you know, you're you moved over to Germany and it's like, I'm not getting up at two o'clock every morning to coach, you know, that's that's exhausting. And really it's like you're you're kind of like, can I be a hundred percent in for my client too? I'm sure it was one of the thoughts you had as well. So recognizing that that's not gonna work um is so so important. And for the listeners to understand that part of it too is things don't always work the way we expect or want them to. And like like Esther said, is being adaptable or flexible to say, you know what, that's not working. I'm going to try it this way. That's okay to do it. It doesn't mean you failed in anything. It just means you recognize it's not working the way you want it to. So now you're going to try it differently. And, and so that's a powerful note you should be writing down because you don't know when those things are going to come up. I mean, you know, my son passed last July and like, I have a retreat every September. And, you know, the thought was like, am I doing this retreat? You know, it it was end of July and August was the service. Everybody was here. My mom was here to the end of August. And then here's my retreat coming up in September. So I recognized that I was overwhelmed. I was going through grief. So I was allowing myself to be flexible, be adaptable, and then also in doing that and doing the work that I continue to do, like I poured into my toolbox so much during that, my meditation, my journaling, reaching out to friends, like those were my survival tools in my toolbox that I coach on that I yanked out and they were like right in front of me. So doing that, it allowed me to see that I need to step away from my environment I had here at my home. Like I need to take myself out of this environment. It wasn't that you know, my husband and my other son, Nate, are not supportive, but I needed to step away. I needed to recognize I needed time for myself so that I could grieve on my own in my own way and then just make the decision if I'm going forward with my retreat or not. And so I reached out to uh, my business coach, Julie, and I was like, you know what? This is how I'm feeling. She said, come on up. So I went up and I spent four or five days with her and it was the best four or five days of my life. I was able to work through even deeper grief and I was able to realize that I needed the retreat just as much as the people coming needed the retreat. And I have to tell you, Esther, it was the best retreat I ever held. It was our sixth retreat. We do them every year. We have a retreat this September. And it's a pajama retreat. So it's all self-care, no makeup, and your PJs the entire time. So it was really what I needed. And so in doing so, I I remember that, just like you said, being adaptable and flexible, it's okay. And here's the other thing on top of that for the listeners is, if you go through that process, I could have said no to the retreat. Everybody would have been fine. So so I had to allow myself the option that if it's a no, it's going to be okay. We'll just move it to a different time frame and we'll figure it all out. So it's okay to be like, if I'm going to be flexible, it doesn't work out, then what? Have the plan of the then what and don't beat yourself up over it because the then what you can't control. You can't control what happens. And so I love that you talk about flexibility in there. So the other thing we talked about when we're, when I was sharing your bio too was, and you touched on it a little bit and that's, you know, as women, we put so much on our plate, you know, we, we are so preoccupied, like you said, with our weight and our bodies that we forget our, what our passions are. And I want to touch on that a little bit, Esther. And that is that I have this amazing group that we started. It's called the Shiro League. And we started like before COVID after I think my third retreat, and the ladies were like, can we, we need somewhere Pearl to be connected. So how do we be connected to our PJ sisters? And so that's what we called it was Shiro League. And then when COVID hit, you know, I found, you know, my kids are older. Like I said, my oldest is 23 and forever 25. But I found that, um, that you know, what was happening was that, you know, women were so overwhelmed because here we were on lockdown. 
you, you, you were, maybe you were, I don't like the word stay at home mom. Maybe you were a CEO mom that now everybody's home with you. They're not even going out there to work or during the day to school. And then you add that you have a spouse or significant other that's working out of the house. And then add on top of that, if you're a mom, especially that you were having to teach kids and become a teacher that you never signed up to be a teacher, you know, and I saw this, this overwhelm. And so I really developed the Shiro League out of, you know, it really grew because of COVID. And because I wanted women to understand that you still have to put yourself first. And even though we're on this crazy whirlwind that we're on right now with this COVID and there was lockdowns everywhere. I mean, I'm in Florida, so I say I'm the wicked stepchild of the world. We didn't have as strict lockdowns as everybody else did. But even so, we still had lockdowns. And so I wanted a place where women can come and share. It's, 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 we meet every Sunday evening on Zoom. It's not recorded purposely, except when we have a guest, we'll record for the guests so they can have the recording. But it's not recorded purposely so that we can be real with each other, be open with each other, celebrate the successes, support in the, in the challenges, and even the losses like I have with my son. And let me tell you, I created this group for other women, not knowing how much it would end up, I would need it at one point in my life. But one of the things that we talk about in the, in the group, Esther, is what's your joy? Like, what brings you joy? And people can say, oh, I love running. Well, that's great. That brings you joy. But why does running bring you joy? What about the act of running makes you feel joyful? And others will say, you know, my kids bring me joy. Well, my kids bring me joy too, but they also brought me some, some challenging moments in my life, right? But what about them brings you joy? Like with my son, I can tell you, Nate brings me joy. Like he's an old soul. He can be very independent. He's very set in his ways, but it's, it makes him successful by being that way. And, um, and so I want to talk to you for a little bit, Esther. They had to create a list of 10 things that bring them joy. So what I would love to know from you is what are your top three things that bring you joy? And also, before you answer that question, tell us, like, when you work with the women, how do you help them find that joy? How do, so my first question would be to you is, how do you help those women dig deep inside and find that, like, like what we were saying, you know, find that, pursue their passion? And then I'll ask you about your top three joys. So let's answer that question first. How do you help the women you work with pursue their passion? Okay. So first of all, I meant to say this much earlier, but I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. I think when it comes to finding our joy, I think sometimes, especially when we first start working with someone or potentially listeners who haven't yet started a health journey or, or really made that a priority, sometimes you're feeling so disconnected from joy that you can't even really entertain. It's almost like an eye roll question. It's like, well, I, I don't know. I don't have time for that sort of thing. So I think sometimes the first step is almost like the triage of how do we address the really urgent needs to get you back to kind of a place of normalcy and then start start pursuing the, the joy. Because a lot of times, very similar to how if you're standing in front of the mirror and you have this negative self-talk of I hate my fat belly and you know all that negative stuff, it's a really tough sell to tell somebody, well, next time you're in front of the mirror, say, I have the stomach of a goddess and I love it. Like nobody believes that about themselves if yesterday you were saying this negative stuff. So often the first step is just getting to neutral. And I think for a lot of women with health, that means tackling some more urgent needs first. Let's start prioritizing sleep. Let's start working on that toolbox that you mentioned. I love that term because we use that in coaching as well. Let's start fleshing out that toolbox. Let's get you outdoors and moving your body more often. Let's get some more nutritious foods and more water in you. Let's kind of establish your base needs first 
And once then you start to get that momentum going and see the benefits of it, then it's a little bit easier to say, okay, I can fathom the idea of joy now because I'm feeling much less crappy than I was before. So I think that's the the first piece of it. And then I'm a big, I never thought I'd say this, but I have turned into a big advocate of journaling. I, my sort of introduction to mindset work and things like that was in the last handful of years. And prior to that, it all felt very woo-woo and abstract for me, but I've seen the power of it with myself and I see how it can benefit clients as well. So I think giving yourself either just a blank slate or a journaling prompt and helping you see yourself outside of your roles as a mother, a spouse, a daughter, an employee, a business owner, whatever, and starting to think about who you are as an individual human being, I think that's really hard for us. And I I don't really feel like I've lost myself to a great degree in motherhood and business ownership and stuff like that. But I had recently the opportunity to take a solo trip for a few days. And it was so incredibly cathartic and eye-opening that despite feeling like I I do take time for myself, I do take care of my health, I do have things that bring me joy outside of you know my family. It was still really interesting to see myself as just Esther, just a just a person, an individual without those um those hats to wear. So I think sometimes journaling on, you know, who am I? What do I enjoy? Who was I before? What pieces of myself have I lost touch with? And where do I want to get back to? What pieces of myself have I never really explored or entertained? And now I'm I'm willing to sort of nudge that door open a little bit. Um, and and sort of developing the practice of noticing joy in the moment and then reflecting on it and seeing what are the patterns here. So, you know, I had this moment of joy during the day. What was I doing? Who was I with? Where did it come from? Are there patterns here that when I'm doing certain things, I feel really lit up? Are there you know, people that I talk to or things that I read or interactions and what of those similarities, what can I kind of garner from that? Does that give me some direction on, on what brings me joy? So I think that's kind of a very long-winded way of, uh, of how we help clients do that. I I love you brought that up too, about going away, Uh, you know, and I, it's always toolbox for me because I feel like we always have, I, I grew up watching my dad doing stuff in the garage and stuff like that. I was like, I always just love that word, but I love what you talked about too, like going away. So Oftentimes, the women that I work with, just like you, is you know, finding their passion, but always saying, "Well, you know, I have to take care of this, this, and that, and this person, this person." But you know, it's always about everybody else but themselves. And so, you know, I love asking the question, and and it's very powerful. And for the listeners, think about this question: If tomorrow wasn't here for you, and if the next thirty seconds, somebody, whether it's God, whoever you believe in, decided it was time for you to come home. You know, what is your family going to say they saw you do for yourself? Are they going to say they saw you taking Johnny to the ballpark all the time? They saw you taking your mom to the doctor. They saw you doing this for this, for this, for these people in that charity or that community. Or can they say they saw you sit in a front porch swing on the twin size bed, going to sleep during the, the right in the middle of the day? Will they say they saw you go for a walk? Will they say they saw you go but once a, a quarter for for a staycation, like that's, you know, it's funny you talk about that for so long. I was stuck behind the words of I am a mom. I am a wife. I am a mortgage broker. I was so stuck behind those words that I forgot who I was. And, you know, I'm Pearl. I'm somebody who has a passion for 
for sitting on a porch fencing, for going for walks. I'm somebody who has a passion for, you know, I always wanted to be a teacher and never knew I was going to teach and coach. Instead, you know, I have a passion for for others and helping them find their joy. You know, I have a passion for just sitting and knowing who I am, even if it just means I sit in the bathtub and do nothing all day, right? And I think we forget about that. We, I think we forget, you know, I, I, I put it back to like when you get married or you get out of high school, or you get out of college, whatever that is for you. We have mentors for all these things. We have coaches for sports. We have coaches for all these different things, our mentors, our teachers and all those. We never really had, I mean, I'm 58 years young. I grew up watching my granny do everything for everybody. And then my mom, she did everything for everybody, but she was also that, that generation that was working out of the house. So, because my dad was gone for three tours in Vietnam. So she was having to balance everything. So I grew up in that generation, but I never had a mentor to say, this is what it's like to be a wife. You know, we get this book about, you know, and then the kids come along, we get that book about what to expect when you're expecting, but we never get the book about what to expect when you get married. And, you know, you have to have a conversation over things, you know, communication. We don't get that. What to expect, you know, when you start feeling overwhelmed because you're saying yes to everybody else and no to others. We, we you know, I think just since COVID, especially if that's something that's come out of it, is that that mental fitness awareness to say, I need help. I need a break. I, you know, I don't want to go do that anymore. I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to stay home with the kids anymore. Whatever that is, you know, we never had that. And I think, I think that's a plus, like I said, coming out of COVID is we have those opportunities. And I love that you, you reminded everybody that, yes, you know, there's nothing wrong in saying, you know what, you do the laundry this week. I'm not going to touch it, you know, or I'm going to go to the beach for the day. You know, how great that's one of the things that we do in our Shira method is we create that GPS roadmap to say, how great would it feel to get up in the morning? You don't have to hit the snooze button because you're not tired and overwhelmed anymore. You've dropped the kids off at school and now you're going to the to the Y to go work out or you're going to the beach for a day at the beach or you've called an old friend and said, hey, let's go to the spa. Like, how great would that feel and not feel like, oh, I dropped the kids off to school. I had to make lunch in the morning. Oh, my God. Now I got to go home and clean house. Like, you know, you can have all those things. And it's it's important that if you're struggling with any of that, you're listening to it to definitely get a coach like Esther or myself to to help you walk through those things. And so thank you for those reminders, Esther. And so let's talk about what brings Esther joy. So let's talk about, you know, they had to make the list of 10. I'm not going to ask you for 10, but just share with us your top three things that bring you joy and why do they bring you joy? Yeah. I just want to go back one second to something that you said, because I think it's so important in talking about all of that sort of deeper stuff, the societal roles and the the responsibilities we have and all of those things. This is the bulk of the work for most people when it comes to our health. I have in our coaching, we have sort of a pyramid and at the tip of the pyramid is the exercise and nutrition stuff. And that's where most people, especially when they're trying to lose weight, focus all their energy. And then the base of the pyramid is the stuff that we were just talking about. Once you know the what to do, you know, intellectually, you know that stuff. Just like when you were saying, you know, you put a little bit of weight back on, you went back to your toolbox. That's where most people need to focus their time and energy is on those tools. Because I could tell you, you should strength train three days a week. You should take a walk for 45 minutes. You should eat protein and fiber at every meal. If you're not doing those things, that's what you need to address. And that's where the tools come in of, you know, is it that I actually don't have time or is it that I don't think I should be what I'm spending my time on? Things like that. So I just wanted to to touch on that, that this work is really so valuable and so life-changing and working through that is, is so important. Okay. So 
This is a tough, I've been, the back of my brain has been running since you asked this question. So the first thing that came to mind is being in nature, specifically, ideally near the water. I just know, even living in Northern Germany, where it's gray and rainy, pretty cold most of the time, I really value getting outside, getting fresh air, just being in nature. I think there's, you know, if you actually stop and, and pay attention, there's so much to, this sounds, sounds so cliche, I guess, but there's so much to really marvel at from, you know, trees to flowers to animals and all the things. So that's something that if I remind myself to be present in the moment, I take a lot of joy from that. I think the second thing is just moving my body, having the ability to do so in a variety of ways. I've always been sort of a a jack of all trades when it comes to exercise. I know a lot of people who have gone all in on a certain modality or thing, and I'm decent at most physical things. Certainly not among the best, but I can, you know, I can, I can hang. Um, and I enjoy that. I like being able to do a CrossFit workout, take a yoga class, go for a run, just trust that my body is capable and my mind is strong enough to push me through hard things. Um, you know, I, I have a harder time noticing that joy in the moment because a lot of the time it is harder mentally, but I know in, in hindsight that a lot of the joy that I have both in the moment and just in general is related to moving and, you know, having a healthy body. And I think the third thing is kind of a two for one learning and educating. I just, if I could find a way to monetize being a lifelong student, I would love to. There's so much to learn. I almost never read uh, fiction books because there's so much fascinating true stuff that, you know, once I get through all that, maybe I'll dabble in, in fiction, but I just feel like there's there's so much that I can learn and so many parallels I can draw between health and all of these different areas that I love doing that. And then I would learn, I would take the learning by itself, but I think part of what makes it so fulfilling and enjoyable is the opportunity to then turn around and share with other people. Something I do on my podcast is review the personal development type books that I pleasure read. And I know that type of reading is not for everybody. And I'm a natural note taker. So for years I was reading books, taking notes, and they were just, they were just a file on my computer. And then I realized, you know what? My clients and so many women can benefit from this information and from these lessons, but it's a big ask. They're already busy. This is not the, the thing that brings them joy. So to you know assign them this list of personal development books, they're just never going to get read. So why don't I learn myself and then turn around and educate with a review of you know the gist, the takeaways, the actionable stuff. And that's one of the biggest pieces that I enjoy from coaching as well as I've I have actually created toolboxes. We have exercise, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset toolboxes for our clients with all sorts of trainings and resources that are, you know, me sort of condensing down the things that I've learned and the things that I will help. And, you know, creating is one of my favorite things to do. So I think that uh, that is my third one. I love those. Those are awesome. So nature, I love that. And, you know, you're right in Germany, it's kind of, you're not, we, I was, we were talking before Esther and I came on that I had a student from Germany and that's the one thing he always says is like, like, how's the weather? Oh, mama pro, you know, I'm going to tell you it's the same thing all the time, (laughs) gray and cold. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then, and then I love what you said about, you know, moving. And I think that's so powerful. We have to keep moving, you know, 
especially as we get older, if we don't keep our body moving and we become very sedentary, it's, it's not good for us. And, and that's, I think why we age. So, you know, my mom comes to visit me and I'd be on her, come on, let's walk. And she's walking with a walker and I still would make her walk. And she complains about the stairs when she's here, but I know the stairs are good exercise for her. So I'm, I'm always like, suck it up, buttercups. You know, we told her we, if she moved in with us, when she listens to this, if she moved in with us, we told her we'd get a chairlift. But in the meantime, we, we're like, ex, it's good exercise for you, you know? And um, and then learning and educating. I love that as well. I love to, I'm not a book reader. I, I would rather listen to the books as well. So I'm definitely gonna be listening to your podcast to get your notes and take your notes from you. But I do love to learn and I do love to educate. I had the opportunity um, on International Women's Day to go speak to a corporation. And um, I loved being able to share my knowledge and to see the women that I touched in that room. And and it was really cool because um, it was Citicorp and they pour into their employees, which we don't see that too much anymore for corporations where they see the value in investing in their employees. And, you know, they, they, they invested in their employees by having me come. And, and it's just so powerful to see that. And that's one of the things I talked about is always, you know, learning and recognizing things that in our life we have to change and it's never, it never stops. There's always going to be something that comes along, you know, whether it's, you know, moving like you're doing or whether it's a loss of a child, like I have gone through, things are going to come along that are going to, they're going to challenge us. They're going to challenge what our goals are. You know, it's, it's interesting that I had in our, in our, uh, Shira league, I think it was two weeks ago. We were talking about these things that we're talking about today. And one of the things I said, I'm like, you know what? We're actually working on talking about books. Let me share this book with you. We're talking about, it's um, it's my positive mind journal. It's a journal of light and love. So it's this journal here. And um, and so we're doing this journal. And one of the things I share with them, it's a really great journal. We're just, we're doing it for six weeks is that things are going to, things are going to start working in the way you're journaling. Your goals are going to start coming to fruition. But don't be surprised if something comes up and be like, ooh, I want to take you off your course because that's what's going to happen. That's called life. But if you, you, it's a choice. It's your choice to either let it take you down the rabbit hole or let you say, nope, my, you know, my, my saboteur, I call her Betsy. When Betsy shows up, I'm like, nope, nope, we're not, you're not coming in right now. You are not allowed in this space. So having those boundaries are so, so powerful. So um, I love those three that you shared. So now. You're a mom. I have older children. Um, we both own a business. So we all have these lists. We make all these lists everywhere. I have the grocery list. I have the cleaning house list, get the kids here list, you know, whatever, whatever that list is you're creating. And those that are listening at home, I'm sure you're going, yeah, I have that to-do list of something, right? But we forget sometimes to create a, what I like to call our not to-do list. So to create those things that we have to stop doing, that's not allowing us to be out in nature. That's not allowing us to move. That's not allowing us to learn and educate ourselves. So thinking about the not to-do list, and again, they had to do 10, Esther, and this, they thought joy was hard. When I told them I had to do a not to-do list, I think they all wanted to fire me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thinking about your not to-do list, what are your top three things that you have to put on that list so that it st- doesn't stop you from doing your things that bring you joy? Okay, I have a very, very obvious number one that is almost so big, I feel like it should be all three. It is wasting time on social media, which I know is very relatable. I have taken social media apps off my phone. I will re-download once a day to post my stories. And even with that in place, it happened to me this morning. I finished my workout at, what I don't remember what hour it was, but it was 45 minutes um, into the hour. 
And I re-downloaded Instagram. And next thing I knew, it was the o'clock. That 15 minutes went like that. I don't know where it went. I was doing nothing useful with it. And it was really the, the exact slap in the face that I needed to be like, see, this is why you have taken them off. That for me is, is the number one. I noticed immediately when I took them off, how often I would grab for my phone and then be like, oh, they're not there. That was happening dozens of times a day. So if each of those conservatively, if each time I went to pick up my phone and would have looked at social media, if that would have been five minutes, it probably would have been an hour, probably multiple hours across the course of the day. That's where our free time is going. And we don't notice it because it's not like, you know, for the most part, we're not sitting down from noon to three o'clock and scrolling continuously. It's those small pockets of time that either you, you know, had a few minutes and you filled it with that, or you didn't actually have a few minutes and it cut into something else. So that was really a wake up call to me of, I can't tell myself that I don't have time when what I'm doing is wasting the time that I do have. And I'm a big believer in the things that you, the things that are important to you, you will get done. And I, just like I challenged clients, I was challenging myself with stop saying you don't have time and start saying it's not a priority for me, or I would rather be scrolling Facebook. That's fine if that's your choice, but own it. And it's not my choice. That is not what I want to be spending, how I want to be spending my time. I would much rather be more focused and either work straight through my workday, or if I'm going to take a break, do something productive with it, and then have the time for the things I actually enjoy instead of telling myself, oh, I'm so busy. I can't ever read and I'm not getting outside. That's not true. I'm just not prioritizing well. So that is far and away the number one thing on the the not to do list. And I think this is similar, but I think different enough that it counts separately is just like general procrastination, knowing that I have important things to get done. And this one, I still do struggle with a little bit more, knowing that I have things to get done, say for the business and also choosing to do household things, justifying procrastination in one area with being productive in another. So if there's something with work that I'm avoiding, or I've kind of, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. Like, well, I do need to scrub the shower. I should get that laundry upstairs and just generally like task switching too frequently and using it as like, well, you you still got something done when in reality, I know full well, it's not the thing that needed to be done. So reminding myself to, you know, when I do make those lists, put the most important things on them. And then those get done first. They don't get interrupted for some squirrel brain. They get done and then I can do whatever else. So those are the top two. I think the third is entertaining the negative thoughts and the spiraling that comes quite naturally to most of us. The first business coach I worked with said once that she doesn't entertain self-doubt anymore. And at the time, I don't even think I recognized what she was saying. I just immediately dismissed it. I was like, well, that's nice for you, but I'm a normal human being and I'm riddled with self-doubt. So that doesn't apply here. And it just kind of got lodged in my brain. And I started realizing how beneficial it is to not go into that doom spiral, but it also comes really naturally. So one of the things that saves me a lot of mental energy, which then allows me to be more productive and then do the things that bring me joy is to catch myself when I start to spiral and go into that negativity and just remind myself, this is not how you want to spend your, your bandwidth. The, you can't predict the future. This worst case scenario might happen. 
And also, there are a lot of other better scenarios that are likely to happen as well. Why are you choosing to dwell on the worst one? And I think as I've gotten better about nudging those negative thoughts out and choosing positive and productive ones, that allows me to, like I said, find joy in the moment and also make sure that I'm carving out time for those things. Those are so, so all three of those can apply to probably everybody that's listening. (laughs) I mean, seriously, social media, we were talking about in my network group this morning, like you can look on your phone and see how many hours it will tell you how many hours you're doing on social media. It's just, it's just crazy. And yeah, it's um, going to make you feel really bad. (laughs) Yeah. And I've gotten where now, I mean, I think I do it kind of scrolling at night, but even like at night now, I'm like, oh, this is boring. (laughs) Like, so I just do it for my business. I just promote for my business or if there's something I want to say personally, I'll pop on and do that. But then also the the task, you and I are, are very like the task switching. Yeah, I got to do that for my business, but I don't want to walk upstairs. So I'm going to go do this in the kitchen instead. Yeah, so totally get that. And, you know, and then that negative thought, I have the, I, my, on my not to do list is the shoulds. I should have been better at this. I should have done that. You know, like, especially with my son passing, I can tell you, I was so, we were so, so blessed. 20 minutes before he passed, we talked to him and we were able to say we loved him. So I'm so honored that I don't have to say, I wish I would have, you know, had more time or, I mean, of course I want more time, but like the day before he passed, I remember he was in in my um, garage and he was doing something with his, with his dad and I threw him a glass of a bottle of water and he missed it. And we joked about that. So, you know, those little last memories, I'm very honored to be able to say, I spent time with my kids. I don't go back. Of course, we always want more time with our family. But, you know, those negative thoughts, like catching those thoughts. And that's where, you know, I have I do the PQ, the positive intelligence um, course. And I teach on that on the, you know, your saboteurs, your judges when they come up, be like, no, you're not coming in here. You know, and you're you know what, what I, she's like I said, she's Betsy. So I tell her. We're, we're not, I, I love the TikTok girl and I've reached out to her mom, the little girl that comes on, she's on TikTok. Oh my gosh, Esther, she's so cute. She comes on every day. She has something positive to say about every day. But this one time she came on and she just struck my shoes. I don't do negative today. And I was like, I just love, I, and you know, I think it's powerful. And those of you that are listening that are parents, whether you're male or female parents, I think it's powerful. We teach our kids at a young age these positive affirmation, the act of saying these positive affirmations. Um, it reminds me too, earlier when you talked about, you know, we look at on the mirror, we want to find these things in our body. Megan Trainer, after she had her first child, and I don't know if she had the first child C-section or not, but she was really struggling with her body image. And she shared that her therapist is like, you're going to stand in front of the mirror and you're going to find something on your body you like. I, this is, I want you to do that. And so she said the first like, I don't know, 10 days, I believe it was, she was like, I don't, this is not comfortable. And she, she kept telling her therapist, the therapist like, I want you, I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to find something. And she said, like, I think it was like around, like I said, around 10 days, two weeks into it. She was like, oh, that role's not so bad. It's not as big as I thought it was. Like she was able to recognize, you know, and I think, and that's why when we do our pajama retreats every September, which we have our seventh one coming up this September, that's why I do as a PJ retreat and I do it without makeup because I feel like you know, makeup is sort of like that layer of protection for us to not show feelings, to to hide behind the, you know, those negative thoughts in some ways. And so you come in on Thursday is when our retreat starts. We have a wine makeup removal party right away. We do a wine tasting. We get off our makeup. We get in our PJs. We just, you know, just open up. And, and I can tell you my first retreat was seven years ago, um, this past, this coming up April. 
And we did it come and go for two days. We didn't, you could stay at the hotel if you wanted. We didn't book a house back then. And there is still one lady who came and she refused to take her makeup off. And I can tell you, here we are seven years later and she's still stuck in the same place. So being open to receiving something differently for the listeners is so powerful, even when it stretches your comfort zone. And and I will also share that um, if you like podcasts, go listen to Red, White, and Bethune. Um, Jen Bethune and her husband share their story of selling everything they have here locally, hopping in a Bluebird bus and traveling across the country. And they lost one of their children in a very tragic car accident. And she was coming to speak and she was like, but Pearl, I don't know if I can because I wear makeup because that's what helps me get get my day started. And I was like, listen, that's totally understandable. I want you to come. Your story is powerful and you can wear makeup. And so she arrived at the retreat and she said, you know what? I'm not going to do it without makeup because she saw the rest of us. And can I tell you today, I don't think she wears makeup hardly ever. So I love my retreats for that reason, because we can empower women to see things differently in their lives and try something different that can be so powerful that you might sell everything and go travel the world. Who knows? But I love that you shared those those three things with us. And so I don't, I mean, I can't believe it's already our time start. We got like a little bit less than 10 minutes here. But so one of the things that we, you have heard me talk about Shiro. And for those who are wondering what does Shiro mean, it's not the female version on the superhero movies. It truly does mean something. Like the S stands for strong. Like I feel like when you start stepping into who you are, and start saying yes to yourself, you, you start to build that strength of like, I got this, I can, I can do this. And then the H is happy because I feel like as you build that strength and you become stronger and that self-worth and that self-care that you need to do for yourself, you become happier. You've got that, you've got that joy starting to you know creep up through your, through your throat. You can feel that joy and that happiness. And then you get to the E and the E stands for empowered because as those first two things start to happen, you do become empowered to Go after your goal, go after your passion, like Esther and I've been talking about, to try something different, to say, I don't want to be home with the kids anymore. Whatever that is, you become empowered. And then what happens is the R is radiant. You do what I had a guest on and I'm using her word, you glow up. Like you start walking out and your friends or family are looking at you like, Esther, what, what's happening with you? Like, did you get new makeup? Did you cut your hair? Like they see this whole different, because you're walking differently, you're walking more confidence. And then the O stands for original. And here's the thing. People call it be your authentic self, all all these things. It's great. But I feel like your DNA was already authentically there. We just buried it. We just forgot who that person was. And so as you walk through all those letters, you then become your original self. You start using those talents that were inside of you to do things that you've always wanted to do, to go after your passion, to put the passion into place, to do your joy, to to stick to your not-to-do list. And then what happens is, you're doing it for yourself, but now others are seeing it. So you're able to pay it forward, like what Esther does in her coaching business. So that's for me what a Shiro is. And so taking that and in that explanation, Esther, share with us, what do you feel like in your life has been that Shiro moment for yourself? You mean like, can you tell me more about what you mean by a Shiro moment? Yeah. So in where, where was the time in your life that if you think about that explanation of what Shiro means that you stood up and said, I have this, I'm going forward with this and nothing stopping me from moving forward. And it could be even starting your business, but what was that for you? Yeah. Okay. I can think of one distinctly now. Thank you for that. So I had really 
I've done coaching. I've done personal training my whole career. Like, like you said in the beginning, it's been almost 20 years. And for a long time, the the personal business part of it was just kind of a hobby, a thought. I had worked in all sorts of, I worked in corporate wellness. I worked for commercial gyms. I worked for a city rec center. I had just been doing wellness, you know, for other people for a job. And then I met my husband and he was in the Navy. And I knew that I didn't want to completely give up my career to follow him around the world. I also knew at that time I had primarily worked as a personal trainer and I knew how hard it was to go into a new gym, get your face out there, develop a clientele. And that realistically, if we're moving every couple of years, I'm just hitting my stride by the time we do that. So this was in probably like 2013-ish where kind of internet stuff was kind of just at the at the forefront. And I was seeing all these other trainers who were starting businesses that they were doing online. And I was like, well, I'm qualified. I'm smart enough. Like, surely I can do this. Long story short, for several years, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no audience or no community. I didn't really, really have an offer. I didn't know what I was doing. And even though I was telling myself I had a business, I just had a hobby and I had a lot of anxiety, but I didn't have a business. And I remember really wanting to get serious about it and have it be something that would contribute to my household and help me be fulfilled. And my husband finally convinced me that I needed help doing that, that, you know, I had tried a really long time on my own. Surely there were people who knew better than I did and could help me. So I finally started investing in coaches and mentorships. And anyway, to bring it back to my Shira moment, I signed up for, at the time, my biggest mentorship investment what were the, I don't know, three weeks after my son was born. And I remember being in the very early postpartum days, nursing him around the clock. And he would wake up to nurse whatever time I would put in one earbud so I could still hear him. And I would play the modules and I would do the work and I would kind of fall asleep and it's all swimming around in my brain. And I completed that mentorship and doubled my prices, got some, you know, grew some confidence and started really putting together the framework of a sustainable business. And at the time, I don't remember really thinking much of it, just that like, this is, this is what I needed to do to make it all work. But in hindsight, like how badass was that, that I could have easily used that as, you know, an excuse for, well, I can't possibly do it now. I'm nursing, I have a baby, blah, blah, blah. And I'm certainly not saying if anyone decides not to make a big investment right after they have a baby, there's certainly no judgment there. But I was really proud of proving to myself it didn't need to be an either or and that I can do things that are hard. And I look back on it so fondly and it has helped me numerous times since then when I, you know, when my brain wants to go to, no, you can't because I'm like, hey, remember that time? Sure, you can. So I think that's the the biggest standout Shira moment for me. I love that story. And, you know, it's so true because oftentimes, like you said, you're, here you are trying to nurse the baby just three weeks in. You could have been like, and everybody, just like with my son passing, everybody would have been fine with not doing the retreat. But really, it's like, no, I'm going to push through this. You push through and like, I want to learn. So you did what you had to do one year in, one year out, that whatever. And that's the whole point behind being that Shiro is you do whatever it takes. You have that power to say no to others, yes to yourself, and you step into that because there are going to be things like we've been saying, it's going to try to stop us. So thank you for sharing that Shira moment. Now, I know you have a freebie. So share with all the listeners, Esther, how they can reach you and your freebie as well. 
Yeah. So I, my website is my full name, Esther Avant, E-S-T-H-E-R-A-V-A-N-T. And one of the freebies that I offer is a really quick quiz. You can do it in under a minute and it will help you identify your key to getting off the weight loss roller coaster. A lot of us just continue to repeat that cycle of losing and gaining, and we don't really understand why. So these questions will help you pinpoint, this is what's been missing. And then I'll send you some subsequent resources related to developing that thing. So you can get that at estheravant.com slash quiz. And the other place I would love to, well, two, two other places I'd love to connect with you would be Instagram. It's esther.avant. And then my podcast is called Live Diet Free. And there was something you mentioned uh, much earlier on in the episode about having regained some weight. I have a recent episode about that exact thing and how we can reframe regaining weight in a much more useful light. You handled it so, so well with figuring out, you know what? I just got away from the things. I need to open that toolbox, take some stuff out, start utilizing it. And that response is exactly what I talk about in the episode that regaining is not a sign that you're never going to be successful. It really is just a, an opportunity for you to see, okay, there's something more I need to learn. There's something more I need to do. This is just an opportunity for me to grow. And you know, what does that look like? So anyway, um, I would love for you to check out the podcast called Live Diet Free. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to make sure for listeners that are driving, we'll make sure when we drop this, you have ever, all the links and everything you need. So I love that. Make sure you grab her quiz because that's awesome. And go check out our podcast as well. I think it really sounds like a great podcast. So Esther has been pre-warned that we have our cards, our better questions, better life cards. These are 77 cards, everybody, that make you think. You can journal on them. You can pray on them. You can put one in your in your car if you want to. These have been a, a, a blessing in my life. My friend Carol Gill and her friend Diane Allen, who have both been on the show before, um, created these cards together. So I'm going to shuffle them, Esther. You're going to tell me when to stop and we'll read the card to you. So here we go. This is like when I shuffle the cards for my son and he like lets me go on and on and on. And I'm like, you know, to stop anytime. Uh, stop. All right. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one, Esther. Who can I forgive today? That's funny. I haven't interacted with like anyone today. So <laughs> there's no like obvious uh, person at the grocery store. Okay. Who can I forgive today? I don't know. You can tell me if you think this is a cop out and I'll come up with another one. But I think the person most in need of forgiveness today is myself. I've had not an easy month. We've got this international move coming up. There's just kind of a lot, a lot on my plate. And though I have been very good about not going into that negative spiral, most of the time that's been harder this month than in recent history. And I think, um, I have a tendency to be harder on myself than I deserve and certainly than I would be on anybody else. So I think the person I would really want to offer forgiveness to is myself. That I Objectively, I know I'm doing a good job. I know I'm doing the best that I can. I know that I'll get through this like I've gotten through everything else. And I think that would be a more productive way for me to move forward. I think that's awesome. We, you know, it's a great example that we often have to forgive ourselves. There's things that, you know, we, again, the front, file opens up and you know we have to we put all this pressure on ourselves sometimes and sometimes we just have to give ourselves grace 
and forgive ourselves. So that was a powerful. And I know, I know move just in the city is hard. I can't imagine international move. And um, so I, I wish you all the luck with that. And I hope it go. I know it's going to go smoothly for you. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. And those that are listening, if you want to know more about the Shiro League, um, you can come join us on Sunday evenings from 8 to 9 p.m. All you have to do is email Shiro to hello at wsliving.com. That's email Shiro to hello at wsliving.com. And we'll send you the link. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe today. And I just want to remind all of you that just as I always say every week, you come into this world, you're this oyster that has so much work to do on the outside. But as you open up and really start working on that work, you are a beautiful pearl. And I hope today you go find your inner pearl of greatness. Make it an amazing day. 